Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. Last week, we revisited two of our earliest podcasts on asset allocation and investment strategy. We began by defining what asset allocation is, and from there, touched on everything from correlation to how much diversification one truly needs to protect against the risk of loss if, for example, one were to put all their eggs in the wrong basket. And we mentioned the concept of compounding, the topic of today's podcast. Albert Einstein once said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it, and he who doesn't pays it. He was referring, of course, to the importance of earning interest on the interest one makes. By reinvesting what you earn at the same or higher rate, and in doing so, make your money grow faster than it would through what we call simple interest. Simple interest is when you take the money you make and put it in the money market, which itself may earn little or less. Also, while I'm not sure if it was before or after he said that, Einstein's also credited for coming up with the famous rule of 72 to help people understand how long it takes to double one's money at a given rate of interest. It turns out, by dividing the number 72 by the interest you're earning, for example, 4.0 on a 10-year treasury today, it would take 18 years. (laughs) That's depressing. So we asked our Director of Portfolio Management, Ben Johnston, to analyze the impact of adding time and consistency to this equation of using a 5% return until retirement at age 67. So let's assume investor A invests $1,000 at age 25, and by age 67, that modest one-time amount would grow to $7,761. If, however, because of other obligations, or perhaps neglect, investor B waits until age 35. Their money would only grow to $4,764. In other words, by waiting 10 years to start, it cost investor B almost twice as much as he or she could have made had they started earlier. Now imagine what that number would be if they earned 7% instead. According to Robert Schiller in his book, Irrational Exuberance, a one-time lump sum investment at the start of 1900 would have had an annual inflation-adjusted return of 6.61%. So using 7% isn't too far a stretch. And in Investor A's case, that 1000 would have grown to $17,144 by age 67. Finally, let's change that one-time 1,000 investment to someone saving in their 401k at work, for example, 
$1,000 every year for 40 years, from age 26 to 66, just before their retirement. How much do you think they would have? Well, even with a 5% compound rate of return, that person's 401k would have grown to $141,993. And that's when only adding $1,000 a year. The point when it comes to saving, because of the power of compounding, the earlier you start, the better. But sadly, according to YouGov.com, fewer than 1 in 10 Americans have more than $100,000 in savings, which is the same percent as those who have little or no savings at all. In fact, half of all Americans have less than $5,000 to support them in their old age. And at some point, that's going to be a problem, not only for them, but for those of us responsible for paying the majority of taxes today who will have to support them through one of the many entitlement programs. Still, for those who are saving, like those listening to this podcast today, I hope, the image to keep in mind, the one I discuss in The Pareto Principle, is the snowball effect. Think what happens when you push a small snowball down a hill. As it rolls, it continues to pick up snow along the way. So by the time it reaches the bottom, depending, of course, on the size of the hill, it's the size of a boulder. In other words, the snowball keeps compounding, and the bigger it gets, the more snow it adds with each revolution, magnifying the result. This explains why even the smallest of actions, carried out consistently over time, can lead to big results, which I often refer to as managing the one percents. As we've suggested, there are several ways to think about compounding. From Barnaby's Let a Year Winners Run to Einstein's Interest on the Interest. But there are two things we think people should always remember. First, when you sell, let's say to avoid what you think is going to be a major fall in the market. Even if you're right, that's only half the battle. You must then make sure to get back in before the market rebounds, which it often does in a V. And it does this at times when you're least expecting or when you're not emotionally prepared to act because you're still breathing a sigh of relief. Also, when it comes to taxable accounts, remember to include the tax you need to pay on the gain in your calculation. Let's say, as in New York and California, you pay 15% federal and at least 10% state for a total of 25% tax on long-term capital gains. Given the choice between selling and paying the tax, or simply riding the markets out, whatever you buy in its place, it first has to rise 33.3% just to break even. And let's assume your rule of thumb, if you're fortunate, is to sell half your holding each time you double your money. And after many years, you're even more fortunate to own something that doubles, let's say, five times. We could give you more than a few examples where this actually happened since 2001, from Apple and Amazon to Microsoft and Google. But the point is, at the end of that time, a $100,000 investment would have been worth $475,000, which isn't bad at all. But if left untouched, that same $100,000, because of compounding, would have grown to more than $3.96 million. 
As you know, Warren Buffett is one of the people Lori and I like most to quote, and I'm sure Warren would be the first to admit he's made more than his share of mistakes, including Dexter Shoe, which he bought in 1993 and which ultimately went bankrupt. But when he gets it right, because he lets it run, it more than made up for all of them, which is why in 1997 he said, we continue to make more money when snoring than when active. He talks a lot about his and Charlie's inevitables, recognizing how after a lifetime of looking, they could never come up with a twinkling 20, let alone a nifty 50 of them. The truth he said in that same letter to shareholders is, an investor should act as though he or she had a lifetime decision card with just 20 punches in it. With every investment decision, his or her card is punched and he or she has one fewer for the rest of their life. A few last things on this topic of compounding. We've found that investors are sometimes confused why they earn less than what some banks and portfolio managers report for a given investment. This might be in part because a fund's total return usually assumes any dividends paid or reinvested, where clients might sometimes be taking their dividends as part of their monthly or quarterly income in cash. The other thing is, when speaking of things like internal or time-weighted rate of return, those returns assume you're reinvesting any interest or dividend income at the same or better rate of return. Again, if you're clipping your 5% coupon and depositing it into a money market that's earning 1% or less, it will reduce your yield. As we've suggested several times to this point, allowing your money the time and freedom to earn a return on your return is the miracle. And as much as I frequently find fault with our government's tendency to intrude both in our free market economy and in our private lives, the tax code does offer a few perks that allow compounding to take place. While I feel they're just part of a broader multi-pronged solution to save for college, for example, 529 savings plans do allow one's contributions to grow tax-deferred and if used to pay for either your children's or your own higher education, withdrawals are tax-free as well. Similarly, Roth IRAs and, if they're offered, Roth 401ks, while not tax-deductible when the contributions are made, they're tax-free when withdrawn after you reach retirement. And finally, when it comes to charity, both Lori and I are big fans of the Donor Advised Fund where the donor is able to gift appreciated stock, avoid paying tax on the gain when it's sold, and get a tax deduction when filing their return that year. And if, for whatever the reason, you choose to fund your account far in advance, some limited number of index funds are typically available so that the account can continue to grow tax-free until you're ready to make your grants. But this bears repeating, whether it's about emotional or monetary resilience or about discipline, determining what you consider acceptable and unacceptable risk, whether it's about taxes, asset allocation, or doing one's due diligence so that you're able to make and work your plan, and whether or not it makes sense for you to work with a financial advisor to achieve your goals. They are all part of compounding your wealth and giving the power of compounding the opportunity to work its magic. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. 
We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, that you'll share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Barnaby Levin and Lori Cammy for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. 